Hey everyone, welcome to Above Board with Canderpath. Today, we are exceptionally excited because we have Mr. Casey Jaycox with us. He is a sales and leadership coach. He's the author of the book, Win the Relationship, Not the Deal, and the creator and host of the Quarterback Dadcast. Um, and Casey, before we let you talk, uh, we're going to do some talking, but what I wanted to say is I, I love, with your show, I just like love the human side of being a dad. I, it's hard. And you expose, um, you know, the wins and losses along the way and the fact that we're all just imperfect parents trying to be better. And I think your show just does such a great job at encaps encapsulating that. Um, we, we are missing The Rich B with us today, but we also have our co-host Matthew Marcoux with us. Matt, say hello to the lovely folks. Hello first. there. Don't forget the Rich B or Memento to the Rich B on the Instagram. Got to give a shout out to our, our boy Richie Rich, who's I think traveling today and not going to be able to make it on today's show, but you'll probably see him on the next one here. Um, we always miss him. We love him. But um, yeah, welcome to the show, Casey. I'm super happy to have you. Um, I, I love your story, your message. I think it really kind of jives with what we do here um, on Above Board with Candor Path. We're entrepreneurs. We're, we're parents. Um, we love fitness. And so like all, all these things we kind of talk about on our show and sort of try to interweave these things. Um, and as I was listening to your show and prepping for today, uh, your, your story, your message really kind of jives with what it is we talk about here because no one wants to hear John and I talk about being a certified financial planner. Although the last episode was about that. Most part, no one wants to talk about finance. They want to talk about what, it, who we are as people, what we, our life experiences are. And, uh, we love sharing that through this amazing technology, um, and podcasting. And so, uh, welcome to the show. We're super excited to have you here today. I appreciate it. It's an honor. And it's funny, the, the power of the wide world webs brings people together and, um, shout out to our boy, Mr. Patty, Patrick Sermeyer for making this connection happen. But, um, yeah, it's nice to be here. Now you couldn't be any further away from us, um, in the continent of the United States, correct? You're in the upper Northwest. We are in the lower Southeast. Is that correct? Yeah. It's some, it's Southeast Alaska. Some people call it Seattle. So, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so we to your point, we happen to be, again, as far apart as we possibly can. Yet again, we're here today chatting and talking, and uh, I'm, I'm super excited. I wanted to lead off with the first question. I know it's something you typically ask on your show a lot um, to your guests, and so I figured I would turn the tables on you. But tell me, what are you most grateful for about being a parent today? I know that's a popular one, but I'd love to hear your take on that. No, thank you. I, I love asking that question every time because it reminds, it makes me stay grounded and remind myself what's really important. And, you know, we all have good days and bad days. We're all flawed human beings, but like, how do you uh, kind of stay level? And I think sometimes having that self-awareness, so I'm, I'm grateful for self-awareness um, when I'm not my best version of me, how do I get back on track? But I'm also grateful for my kids still like to hang out with me. Uh, I have a 15 year old, 13 year old. And last night I, I made them they, they fought a little bit, but we watched planes, trains, and automobiles, which is just nice. a beauty of all beauties. Yeah. And, uh, my daughter almost fell asleep. She had a basketball term this weekend. So she was smoked and my son, they, I think they, now they're getting older and their sarcasm starting to really come into, come into like their next level sarcasm. So like w watching them, there's so many one liners in that movie that are just, it's I was like, going to say nothing helps groom that like eighties comedy movies yeah, so, is it john hughes the john hughes flick right or, or any john you know any 80s movies basically has his fingerprint on it but sarcastic funny yeah great great flick 
Yeah. 80, and so like they, my, my daughter, some, she's like, what is this stripes dad? Like, no, it's not <laughs> stripes, but that's another great movie. But so luckily, luckily she liked it. So I'm grateful for that time I had with them last night. That's awesome, man. That's too funny. How do you, um, as Matt mentioned before too, like we, we digest on this show challenges, struggles that we go through being parents and entrepreneurs, um, business owners. I'm curious from your point of view, like, how do you, how do you manage that role? Cause so much of your show that you talk about is just really trying to be the best dad you can be, but there's a lot of different things happening at us at any given time in life. How do you find um, that you're managing those roles of being a business owner an entrepreneur and a parent? Uh, I think I'd have an amazing wife or partner. I think that, that definitely helps keep me grounded. Um, and I, I do like, I've, I found myself doing journaling every, every day, which I didn't do maybe two, three, four years ago. I, I really picked that up during the kind of the height of the pandemic. So just starting with like daily gratitude. Um, I sometimes, if I find myself not a little off kilter for whatever reason, I have like a four minute meditation I do called the Ha method, which is, I can share that, share a little bit more about that. Um, and then I also just, I really embrace what's called, I was called a 1440 mindset, meaning that we all have 1,440 minutes a day. No one gets more, no one gets less. And so I was telling myself if it's going to be a bad day or I'm having a bad day or things hit me that make it a bad day, you know, tell myself through self-talk that the best part about this is it's going to end. And then tomorrow I got a chance mm -hmm. to make it better tomorrow. And so it might sound corny or naive to people, but for me, it just, I'd rather be corny, naive and optimistic, uh, than you know, a negative realist that, uh, so. Yeah. Well, it's awesome that you shared that though, because we, I think the last like two or three episodes, Matt, we've talked about the five minute journal, yeah. which I've been sort of telling people my story with this. Cause I, I've never journaled in my life and <clears throat> Matt's like, okay, dude, you got to get this book and just give it a shot. And there are days where I'm grumpy and I don't want to do it. And I even just write down a couple words, but I do find that taking that moment to focus on something that you're grateful for. I mean, it could be as simple as like, I had a really good cup of coffee this morning and I'm grateful for that. Um, it can help change, change that perspective. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think the other thing you mentioned was having a strong partner, which not everyone obviously gets to have a strong partner. Um, two nights ago, I came unglued on my eight year old. He was messing around in the bathroom, brushing his teeth with the five. Wait a minute. I was at your house two nights ago, uh, three nights ago, fine. whatever it was, I came unglued on him and I, I, you know, it was a rough day at work or whatever. I was just in a bad mindset. And I, I mean, I just launched into the kid and it, for a very little reason, and I, I come out of that room huffing and puffing. And my wife said, yeah, whisper to me. Cause we're obviously want to have a united front in front of them. She's like, you were in the wrong there. Like you came unglued for no reason at all. And at that moment I stopped and was like, I did. I, I absolutely did. I walked in there. I apologized to him, said, I'm sorry. It changed my, it, it made me have a better evening. I hated that it came to that, but without that partner sometimes to be like, Hey, you're screwing up right now. And you need to fix this. I would have just been mad the rest of the night. He would have been mad the rest of the night. We would have gone to our own corners. And I, I was like, you know what? I need to show him. We all make mistakes. And there's these kids are not come with manuals, right? It's, it's a free for all sometimes. And uh, to have that partner behind you to say, listen, you need to go fix that right now because you were the worst. You were the, the person that was wrong here. I, I, I just, uh, my, my wife is uh, tremendous when it comes to that. Well, shout out to you for knowing the power of apologizing. I mean, so many, so many dads, like I, I've talked about that many times in my, my podcast is the power of teaching your kids. is It's okay to say, I'm sorry. And that it's not a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of strength that knowing you could check your ego and say, man, I was not my best version of myself, buddy. So yeah. good mm -hmm. job. Yeah. And my mom happened to be there too at the same time. And so I was a double whammy from both of the ladies 
that I am close with, my mother and my wife, or both of them are like, what is wrong with, like, you need to go back in there and fix this now. So it was a shout out to my mom as well, who happened to be over and, and saw that and was like, that's not how I raised you. You're going to go fix this right now too. And I turned around and did it. It's it. We all screw up. It, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We all have those moments. Um, so I, I listened to, I, I've been listening to the quarterback dad cast uh, for a while and there's an episode. Uh, I, I can't remember the, which one it is, but you might know where you share a story, Casey, um, with where your son, you were giving a presentation, like a Zoom presentation to 100 people. And I believe the topic of conversation was basically something to the effect of not losing your cool. I was doing that. Yeah. Do you want me to take it from here? Yeah, I, totally I do. Because I, yeah, so I, I think it's a cool story. I was giving a... So I, I used to travel quite a bit for my job in corporate. And I remember the, one, of the, one of the words in business that drives me nuts the most is value. Because it just gets said over and over and over, yet no one really knows what it means. And to me, value is about solving a problem. Um, but instead of like creating that, I was like, how do I make the word value like something meaningful? So I created an acronym, which is to be, if I'm going to be valuable to you guys today, I need to be vulnerable, authentic, level-headed, understanding, empathetic. And so I'm giving this presentation on value to this company. I mean, it's an association. And I remember that, that day I told my family, my, my kids, I said, Hey guys, dad's got big zoom presentation. I need you guys to just like go outside, just you know, off the internet, just like anything we can do to prevent shenanigans from happening. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. We got you dad. Well, my son decides to fire up some egos and forgets them that they're in. And when I'm on L being level headed in any sort of relationship or an environment, the fire alarm goes off and not, does it go off for like, you know, like the normal, like three or four seconds. And then you wave, kind of open the door, you fan it and it goes off. I'm talking this, this goes on for maybe two minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, like what is, I'm texting my, like trying to like smile and look like everything's great. I'm texting like WTF, multiple Fs, like what is going on? <laughs> and, uh, and then finally I said, you know what? This couldn't have been scripted better, everybody. Like I'm going to be level-headed right now and prove to you that I can be level-headed. So I'm going to go on mute. Uh, if you see smoke billowing behind me, someone call 911, someone save me. This might be the last you see me, but uh, it's been great. And then like, you, you know, finally it stopped, but we like laughed about it. My son felt horrible. Like, and I'm like, bro, it was actually the best thing ever. Like, did it, did you mess up? Yes. Uh, but did it end up making the presentation better? hundred percent. And so like, I remember posting yeah. about it on LinkedIn and giving him a shout out. And then literally, uh, we joked about it. We laughed about it. So, I mean, I think it's again, back to mindset, how we have control over our attitude. Sometimes we don't mm -hmm. think, sometimes we don't, sometimes I think it, you get these triggers, but like, I think that we have control over how we um, choose to respond and how we choose to, uh, if we, if we're not our best version of ourselves, how do we quickly choose to get back on track, which is the someone we want, the person we want to be. And so for me in that moment, it was just a, you know, I don't know, it couldn't have been scripted better. Well, I think what I like about you as I'm getting to know you is it's not just one of those things that you say, but you, you truly practice what you preach. And that was such an opportunity for that. So you had a hundred or so people listening in on the zoom call, seeing this transpire, and in, in that, you probably gave them the most unscripted lesson um, as you're going through value and, and being level-headed. But then what a, what a huge opportunity for your son to see, like, he was probably terrified, like, oh, man, dad's going to be so PO to me. And to handle it that way, I mean, just what a, what a good learning lesson for him. Yeah, it was fun. It was, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I, if I was him, I would have been like, oh, my God, he's going to give me the worst wedgie ever. This is, I'm going down. <laughs> 
you know. <laughs> well, I I have. Go ahead, Matt. Go I was ahead. just gonna say, you know, you mentioned you know working from home. Work life balance for us is is an area that passion isn't quite the right word for, it, but it's something John and I, and I know Rich does as well, is are always striving for, especially in this virtual world <clears throat> that we're now living in. Um, we we have a, a physical office that we go to. But a lot of our work takes place at home, and it, it sometimes is really difficult. Um, and I'm looking at my office door right now is saying what happens on that side of the door needs to stay on that side of the door, and this side of the door needs to stay. Talk about what you try to do to keep that work-life balance in check as much as possible. And it's one of the things I'm trying to get John to do is for me is at the end of the day, the emails are done. 6 p.m. comes, I, I clock out, even though I'm constantly thinking about our business and what we're trying to do. What are some of the things that you're trying to do to, to make sure that work doesn't bleed over into the family life um, and that you're, you're kind of keeping that division as much as possible? Well, I think, I think um, for me, it, it, I think my balance all started back when I was in corporate still. So I'll, maybe I'll share a story around. So when my son was maybe 15, 16 months old, we'll call it, um, I was at, in a... Um, uh, pretty high demanding sales job, had a, one of our uh, larger accounts. I was, you know, doing things I never thought I would do and life's great. And then, you know, getting to the office by seven, leaving at six, getting home at 645 and my son's going to bed at seven. I'm like, this sucks. And this is not the dad I want to be. And, you know, great, you know, making money, doing these great things, but it didn't matter. And I remember telling my wife, and I'm like, this is, I'm like, I'm getting to be miserable. Like I'm not having fun. She's like, well, go talk to your boss. And so shout out to my old boss, Angela Ronica. I, I went and told her, I said, listen, I, I love what I'm doing. I love the team. I love the customers. I love making money. It's so fun, but I need, I'm not a good dad right now. Like I'm not there. And she's like, well, let's figure something out. And so I literally turned my sales job, which is, you know, pretty stressful into like a banker's hours. Like I literally left at four o'clock every day regardless. And, you know, it took, I could still be on the phone on the drive home. I had an hour, about a 45 minute drive, still could do stuff. But once I got home from like five to seven, shut down literally. And, um, I wasn't curing cancer. I wasn't driving a fire engine. I wasn't driving an ambulance. Like we're all replaceable. No one's that important. We think we are, but we're not. And I literally found myself getting right. Like my kind of borderline mental health became better because I was present as a father, present as a husband. And then from like seven to like eight, I'd spend me and my wife would, you know, hang out, whatever, or, or I, or right at seven, seven fifteen, I'd just jump online and get caught up on email, all my documentation plan for the next day. And it was, I mean, it sucked because I had to work a little bit at night, but to me, it was better than missing out the time with the family and not having dinner. And so I think that having that early, um, and I'll say when I did that, you guys, I, my career took another level. It went like, it really took off, uh, to, and I think it was because I did have balance. I, I was present as whatever I was doing. I was more, I was thoughtful. I was, I was, um, intentful about the role I was playing, whether it's sales leader, account manager, account executive, dad, husband, whatever it was doing. So, um, now that I'm doing my own thing, you know, this kind of world found me after I wrote my book and mm -hmm. started this podcast, this coaching journey I'm on now really did not plan on doing it just kind of found me. And so, um, I, I just, for me, it's, uh, you know, I, when I do close door dad, know, they know sometimes they have, I have to do something at night. I call that the homework part of the job, whether it's prep, prepping for a presentation or, but for the most part, I, I, I shut it down and, um, 
I do my best to set expectations with people I'm working with that, um, which is, a, I actually dedicate that to a chapter of my book, but I think when you, when people's expectations are set and known when and when they should or should not expect from you, life becomes a lot easier. But when expectations aren't set, that's how I think we get out of balance because we feel like, oh my God, I have to respond in three minutes because they're going to fire me if I don't. Which yeah. Is ridiculous. <laughs> what a massively important lesson to learn at, at you know, a relatively young age for your kids. So that, because I mean, for me, as Matt talked about, I, I've even now, I try to put a little friction between myself and my phone. So I, you know, when we get the kids, you know, from five to eight before bedtime, I put my phone in the other room now um, because it, it, you know, and I don't wear, I don't wear my Apple watch anymore because I couldn't handle the, I, I couldn't handle the, the constant pings. I know you can turn the notifications off, but for me, I had to physically remove it from my wrist. And yet still, you know, we live in this constant world where we feel like people need it now or want it, like they need our answer right away. And so if a client reaches me after hours, I assume that it's a financial emergency, which if we're being honest, there's really no such thing as a, as a financial emergency. I mean, there's, there's other kinds of emergencies. That's not one of them. Um, and, but yet for years in my head, I'm like, I, I got to call this person back. I, you know, it's six 30, but I, I got to do it. You know, sorry, Jackie, I got to step out and go take a call. And she knows what that means. Like, I, I, you know, I'll take a five minute call. It's like 40 minutes later. Um, and, and creating those boundaries can be super uncomfortable at first. Like, I'm curious how, was that just something that just sort of, I mean, I, I'm assuming you had to work at it, but did it come somewhat natural to you or was it one of those things where you caught yourself slipping? You're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta focus back up. I'm leaving it for, cause for me, it's hard. It really is. Um, it was a pretty black and white, like ripped the bandit off. I mean, I'm sure there was days where I, I, you know, a little bit of practice, but for the most part, I was so relieved, like, okay, my, because I think I was vulnerable and honest with my boss. Like, Hey, I'm our top rep, but I need it. I'm not, a, I'm not being a good dad. Like this sucks. And she's, and she didn't want me. She doesn't want me not happy, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think the story for people out there listening is like, be vulnerable, man, put yourself out there and, and open up and be a normal human being. And I think my boss appreciated it. I was a little more nervous to tell her, like, I didn't know what she was going to say, but in the end it was the best thing ever because then it allowed me to really just go. Um, and even like, even clients, I, I, they were like, Hey, can you meet at four? I'm like, no, I, I can't. I, I leave every day because I want to spend time with my, my, my family and my son and my, and my daughter on who's on the way, but whatever. And can we meet, I can meet tomorrow or the next day, or I can meet earlier. And I think people are like, Oh, cool. Like, I think they were relieved <laughs> like versus, you know, I mean, I, I, I definitely trust me now. I, I'm very competitive. I believe that time kills all deals, but again, if you set expectations properly with a story or with reason mm -hmm. and stay true to that, I think you'll find that it creates more happiness for yourself and the people around you. We also have a really unique perspective being financial planners and we've seen, um, and we have, we have, you know, clients that we've worked with that, um, you know, worked 60 hour, 80 hour, hundred hour weeks. I mean, they built their business, they're successful. Um, and sometimes there's not a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? I'm working, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hit retirement and then I'm going to do all these great things. And we don't know when our time and when our number is going to be up. And we've had it on a few instances where a month into retirement or a day into retirement, um, that person passes away and all that work, all those years of, of building something that they're incredibly proud of yet. What sacrifices did they make along the way? And you know, again, it's, we, it's hard for us to be able to say that to, to people as they're going through it, but we try to share that 
our perspective is that there's got to be a balance, right? There's that balance of being competitive and building a business. I mean, John and I deal with this every single day building our company is we want to build the best financial planning firm we possibly can. Yet at the very same priority is to also be great parents, husbands, and and members of society for that matter. So it's it's a really hard balance to strike at times. But again, our perspective is, man, we've seen it happen both ways. And that, that's just got to be so frustrating at the end of this. Not that you have a, not that you can look back on it and say like, wow, I wish I would have done more, but it, we've seen it before. And we try to learn from those, those particular instances. Well, I, well and what I was going to say too, I mean, um, again, Casey, you, you're the type of coach, inspirational leader that most certainly practices what he preaches. And a couple of weeks ago, you had said something to me that I think was, was fairly simple, but profound at the same time. And it was either I will or I won't. Like you, you need to remove some of these words from your vocabulary. And I'm going to let you say it in a moment because I think it was great. But I was actually talking in, in a different context of, I was actually sharing with you some of my goals for next year. And one of those goals is to be a t-ball coach for my daughter. She loves playing baseball. I, I grew up, That's that was my sport growing up. T-ball? And what's that? Uh, T-ball. I actually never graduated <laughs> from that level. Um, but I, uh, you know, so best I love baseball. in town. The, the best t-ball player. I can crush it, you know. Um, just smash all those adult six-year-olds. Yeah. Um, but adult league t-ball. That's perfect. But as I was... Back pocket, just a round <laughs> thing. He's got his bloomers on. <laughs> I would love uh, to see John play some t-ball. What a sight to behold it would be. And I'd step up and I'd whiff the first swing. I'd I think probably we miss just it seriously started a new business. Like, let's get community t-ball leagues for t-ball. adults done. Yes. Sorry, I yes. digress. This. I think that's a fantastic <laughs> idea. But, um, you know, as we're saying this, I said, uh, you know, something I really want to do or I feel a calling to do as a dad because I, it creates this intentional time with her and I. It means a lot. And you said, well, you, you know, can we change a word out of your vocabulary? You said, I want to, and it needs to be either I will or I won't. And what's cool about that is I've, I've just that conversation that I had with you, I've since replaced it with not, I want to put my phone in the other room for the next three hours while I'm with my family. Uh, I need to like, or, or uh, you know, I will, like I will put my phone in the other room and it sort of changed. I feel like setting your intention of what you're going to do and saying, I will do this. Uh, even if it's just a little micro decision in your day is very impactful. So um, free mini coaching session while we're on the podcast, if you wouldn't mind explaining what those words are that we need to remove from our vocabulary and replace it with. No, I, I love that makes me, made my day, man, that you, that helped you. And I also, if I believe I said, John, are you open to me giving you some advice? I, like, I don't want to coach you. I don't want to tell you this. If it, and you're like, yeah, what? And I said, you just said one of my five swear words. And I'm not talking like MF or GD or S or whatever the, you know, all the big swear words we think we're, we'd be saying, but my five swear words are need to, should to, want to, have to, and can't. So I'll say it again. Need to, should to, want to, have to, and can't. In my mind, when I say those words, it creates anxiety. It's, it's, a, it's a goal with no plan, which turns into a wish, hmm. right? Not many pilots say, I need, I need to take off, right? I need to go flying. Well, Where? How do we know we're going to land the plane? We're just going to take off and full gas and see what happens. Right. <laughs> and so instead, instead of saying, I need, I need to lose weight. I need to start working out. I need to make more calls. Just do it. I, I will get on the phone. I will pound the phone. I will go run for 20 minutes. I will, I will do hundred pushups a day. And 
to your point, it is, it's like a psychological mind thing where this also happened at, when I was back at K force and, you know, corporate forever is we, we would do all these quarterly review meetings, our goal planning business kind of quarterly business reviews. When we got to goals, like we, I was like the psycho that I made people in their PowerPoints. They had to say what they're going to do, but in will. And then I, one of my old buddies were now, he would make will capitalized and bold, be a little sarcastic at me, but it was like, I know the point was made that, and it was it's amazing that we, we achieved more by telling ourselves we're going to go do it. And so for me, when I'm working with people and even my mind and my, even my kids, I say, someone's going to do it. Why not you? Right. Tommy the sword of the great baseball manager from the Dodgers. He said, there's three types of people in life. People who watch things happen, wonder how things happen or make things happen. Mm-hmm. Simple. I know who I want to be. Right? Yeah. I knew I, yeah. I knew I want to be. So yeah, I'm glad it resonated with you. It's really simple. Right. And I think sometimes the best yeah. advice we need is right in front of us. We just don't see it because we're, we're caught up in the, you know, the, just the noise of life, but it, it's refreshing when you can get someone else who's not look in the, in the business, they can help you kind of work on it when you're not in it. Yeah. I mean, I came home that I, so it was an aha moment for me and I actually came home that night and basically said that to my wife. I'm like, it's either I will or I won't, you know, going forward. And a part of that too, saying that out loud is you know, she, she holds me accountable. You know, she sees beautiful. Um, and, and she knows that I want to be a better dad. And it's one of those, for me, it's like, it's being a better business owner or it's being a better financial planner. Like you can, you can always do something to work towards those goals. Um, but if you just say like, yeah, I want to be a better dad. Okay. What, like, what, what are you going to actually in my, in my mind for me, it was like, well, what am I going to actually do? And that's where, I, you know, in talking with you, I'm like, I want to coach a t-ball team. Um, especially since I'm the best t-baller in town. I want to be the, <laughs> I want to be the, t- I want to be the t-ball coach. Well, my, um, um my mentor of mine, got him, John Kaplan said, it's okay not to know every answer. It's just not okay not to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. It's okay not to know every answer, just not okay not to do anything about it. And so for me, it was like, you want to be better? You want to go coach T-ball? Great. Do you know anything about T-ball? Not really. Okay, well, go learn. Go like I will study YouTube on T-ball. I will sign up yeah. today to, to be the T-ball coach. I will create a positive. And that's where it kind of goes back to this. Maybe I'll full circle back to this four-minute meditation I do. I don't do it every day, but I... Um, I, I do it when I'm a little off kilter, whatever reason, just like we all get sometimes. And so it's mm-hmm. just a minute of breathing. Second minute is I have statements, physical, emotional, or opportunistic. Third minute is I am statements, physical, emotional, or opportunistic. But the last one is I will statements. And so when you speak truth in yourself, that positive self-talk, it just, it's almost like you're giving yourself, oh, okay, I will. I just told myself I'm gonna do it. So I'm gonna go. And, um, it's, this is one of the, I'm pointing people can't see it at home, but like the mind is one of the most untapped resources that we just don't spend enough time focusing on or, or using or like our thoughts, our self-talk, um, all those things are so important, um, uh, mm-hmm. because you know, this voice is so powerful if we, if we, if we use it to our advantage and, and it also can be very detrimental if we don't yeah. use it to our advantage. So. I'm, I'm curious with the four minute meditation that you do, is it one of those, is this a habit that you practice every day at the same time or like right when you wake up or is it like, okay, I'm feeling, I need this right now. I'm going to take a pause and, and do this for the next four minutes. It was, it was a uh, habit big time during the pandemic, like the high, heart, height yeah. of it. Um, I don't know why it stopped. Um, I don't have a good answer, but I find now if I'm, if I'm feeling anxious or if I'm feeling like excited or nervous or 
I'll, or I, I know I, I just want to level set for whatever reason. I'll, I'll do it. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. usually in the morning, um, just cause I want to use that helps me kind of get positive. But the two other things I do is just journaling. Um, and then like daily scripture, which I don't, sometimes I don't go to not a big, go to church guy, but very spiritual. And sometimes I don't know what, what the heck the thing meant, like right. scripture meant, but I'm like, what, what does that mean? But, yeah. uh, I need a 2021 layman's version of right. the interpretation what of this. this? Yes. Exactly. But I find that at least it just, sometimes if I do it and like, okay, it gets my mind right. So anyway, long with yeah. an answer, I tend to do my habitual stuff in the morning because it just helps me get my mind right for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, I would say not until maybe the last three or four years did I recognize the importance of some of those some of those positive habits that you can build because self-talk, whether you're saying something negative or positive uh, internally, and we had a conversation about this too, Casey, like when you externalize it, like when you say something negative out loud, I forget what the, what the statistic was that we talked about, but when you say it out loud, it becomes that much more in the forefront of your mind or that much more of a, of a possibility of becoming true. Um, and so making sure you're focusing on saying positive things versus negative things it's like one of those things I always, I heard of and I knew about, but not until the last three or four years have I really focused on. And I started doing, uh, I guess what's defined as active visualization. So for like 10 minutes, you're just really trying to think through like, you know, the positive things that you want in your life, the things you want to achieve. What a weird exercise, by the way, because it's created these different thoughts in my head that I just, I feel like I've unlocked that it never crossed my mind. Um, but anyway, just, just to that, am point, I going to have to do that strange. next John? Cause I've already yes. followed your steps of journaling. Then I went to, um, what do we do? Uh, uh, what's the, well, you were doing therapy. We did hypnotherapy. Yep. We did hypnotherapy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, we've tried it all, man. Cause we're, we're, a, we're, a I mess. also, Casey, I also made Matt drink a gallon of water a day for like a week. So I was doing That's this challenge where part of it is drinking idea. a gallon. He wasn't happy with me. No, I peed all night long. My sleep went to went to tear i was so mad at him and so i'm like yeah there's I'm not this is your fault you were chugging like half the gallon at like 9 p.m i mean you told me i had to drink a gallon of water i mean like only break it out so many different ways it was a horrible idea just please do not do that one no so Uh, i'll tell you that stat it's um i learned this from trevor moad who unfortunately passed away this from our limitless minds team so rest in peace trevor and he was speaking um in one of his talks and i and i want to say that that was Things we say out loud, verbalized, becomes 40 to 70% chance of it happening, potentially negative or positive. So it's kind of like as a golfer, ah, probably going to hit in the bunker up there. I'm probably going to slice that up in the woods or I might top it. I mean, well, now those thoughts are in my subconscious and your thoughts become things. You know, I think back visualization is super important. Some of the best, most talented people in the world do visualization. Gervais talked about it. Russell Wilson does it. Um, I remember even back to my college football days, shout out Uncle Rico moment coming here. Uh, I, we used to uh, script the first 20 plays of um, like the plays in our, in our, in our for, for the week. So in my, on a Tuesday, I already knew what the first play of the game was going to be on Saturday. In my mind, like trips, right? 334 strategy post X top. That's a legit play. I mean, I still remember this 25 years ago. And, I'll, and then as and I, this is kind of an embarrassing moment coming here. When I would leave my apartment, drive to the stadium on Saturday, I would announce the play in third person of what was going to happen. So I was the announcer announcing a play about myself. Now, thankfully, I was in the car by myself, so it would have been really embarrassing. Like, what Wish are you I doing? I had a video of that. that would be- <laughs> I know. Uh, but a high percent of the time, it would happen exactly how I huh. saw it. Yeah. 
you know, it's, um, it's almost like life slows down. You see it like I already, I've already completed this pass. I know exactly what the defense is going to do. I know exactly. And so a lot of times, even in business or speaking or coaching, or I tell myself, like, I, I, I will crush this thing. I know it's going to happen. I'm prepared. I'm, I've done everything I can to, to put myself in a good position of success. I can see it. I can, you know, and next thing you know, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. You really have achieved a lot of awesome milestones. I mean, I, you know, so, so the book, win the relationship, not the deal, which I'm kind of curious, just, you know, how that was for you, um, writing a book, but one of the first connection points between us is, is Patrick Surmeyer. So shout out to Patrick, as you mentioned earlier, he was on an earlier episode of, of above board with Kander Pats called the sentient life. And, um, for a really good while, I felt like I knew you Casey, because Pat would just share things about you. You know, he shared, he shared that book, um, uh, win the relationship, not the deal quite some time ago. And then the podcast. So, I mean, I've, I've like, you know, consumed information from you. I've heard you on your podcast. Um, but you, you really have, it's, it's crazy thinking about the evolution of your career, you know? So you were a quarterback at the Harvard of the West coast. That's right. That's right. right. Well, well um, done, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I do my research for those of you <laughs> listening. That's like, what's he talking about? Central Washington university, right? I am the only one that recognizes that the Harvard of the West Coast. So no, I don't think there's like payment due to Harvard. I, he, we're just joking. Um, I thought you were going to be proud of me. Like, whoa, this is like a only only us folks that were on the football team at this time frame know what that means. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, fast forward to now, you're you're a public speaker, you're a motivational speaker, you've got this awesome podcast, and you wrote this really cool book. So can you talk about that a little bit? When the relationship, not the deal. Um, I, I'm just curious what that was like for you even cause that's Matt and I have aspirations of doing that too. So anybody who wants to write a book, what was that experience? Like? Well then what words are we going to say? That's right. We will. There we go. I, we I can't wait to hear about the title. Um, I actually wrote a book to prove that football guys can't put sentences together because <laughs> I'm joking. No. Um, I re I remember clear as day. Um, I was in Dallas, uh, traveling and I remember I was working with our young, like some younger folks who. I was a more senior person in the company that I worked with and they were like so eager to please and eager to win and compete. And like, I was like big brother type thing. And they were getting so like wound up about wanting to win every deal and win every person. And, and, and I said, I want you to expect to win every deal, but you're not going to win every deal. So how do we win people when we lose a deal? And they looked at me like blanks. They're like, what are you talking about? And, and then right then it was like, we have to win relationships. If we win relationships, deals will come. But if we try to win deals, we're not going to win people. And so it was like, that's it. That's the name of the book. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I had this idea for probably eight years or so, seven, eight years. And um, I never wanted to write the book when I was still at K-Force because I, I didn't want it to be like a conflict of interest or be distracted or use it as an excuse. Oh, well, I, I can't time to – so I just didn't. I wrote like, like a, a short white paper on it that I published on LinkedIn that was really – heinous. I look back now, I kind of laugh about it, but, and then when I left, um, we, you know, great divorce with, I mean, uh, K force great left on great terms and still in touch with a lot of those folks there. Um, I said, okay, I'm going to commit to this. And for like four months from nine to 1130 booked it in my calendar. I wrote every day. Some days I felt like Hemingway, some days I felt like Beverly Cleary, like some days I felt like I'd know who I, who I was. And it was like, I just wrote. And that was the best advice people gave me. Just write, no matter what, just write. 
And yeah. before I kind of did that, I, I created like a, a word map exercise. I thought about like, if I think about winning relationships, what, what words come to mind? So I, I wrote down all these words and then I realized what words like most aligned with what they were. And then I connected those words, kind of highlighted like, okay, in power of the golden rule, these are the words that come to mind. Here's some stories that might come to mind. And then I just would like write about it. Um, and four months later, you know, I had the content done. We hired, hired an editor. She was great. However, the best editor I, I used, I didn't have to hire. It was my wife and she knew my voice. And I have been told I have what's called a conversational style writing, which I don't even know what that means. And then someone asked, who trained you? And I'm like 20 years of writing biz dev emails to trying to get meetings with executives. That's, that's <laughs> trained me. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I'm super proud of it. Um, it's everything I thought it would be. It's everything I, you know, I, it, envisioning what it me, would be. Uh, I know I wanted to, to have a, a book that it's not too long because most salespeople are attention ADD. They don't have the, they want like something that's scratch and sniff or a pop-up book. And it was like, that's pretty much as close as it is. It's super <laughs> lots easy. Lots of pictures, right? Lots of pictures. No, it's, it's an easy read. I've had people read it in three hours, um, on a flight. Um, but I, 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 and I wrote it for four reasons. I wrote it for someone who's right out of school, who, who's trying to think, think about, you know, what, what, what are some things I can think about or do from a habit perspective to, to go be successful. And, um, I wrote it for uh, someone who's stuck. So maybe North of 30 who doesn't understand why he or she's maybe off their game. I wrote it for an executive that says, man, I want to, I want to have a tool for an onboarding tool that says, Hey, this guy was X. He, he, he achieved this. And these are the six things he, he really focused on, which are really common sense things that anybody can do. Anybody can use to build successful relationships in life. And the last one, I, I wrote it for colleges, a, um, you know, professors who are teaching these business classes that it's great if you know all these marketing terms and these economic terms, but if you can't relate to people from EQ perspective and interact with people and when, when, where, when, you know, finance says something mad, are you going to freak out on them or are you going to give them the benefit of the doubt? You know? And so for me, those are the the goals I'm patient with it. And I I hope that over time, um, it'll continue to get the word out, but, um, I'm honored and humbled that, 95 or so people have left, um, organic reviews on Amazon and like five, my goal was to get to hundred reviews by the end of, uh, 2020. So hopefully if there's five people listening, go leave a review on Amazon today. Help me achieve my goal. Yes. Yes, please do. Well, again, Casey, I think what, one of the things that I feel really drawn to or, or connected to with you is you do have a genuine willingness to want to help. Like, I mean, I, again, we've, we've had a handful of conversations, every single one of them I've taken information out of, like, he didn't have to, he didn't have to offer that. He didn't have to say that. Um, you didn't even have to offer to, to, you know, come on to our show. You know, we, when, when we talked about that, uh, you know, it was, it was, we were grateful that you were gracious enough to be on our show. And I think your podcast, your book, I mean, you, you love giving out information, helping people, right? I mean, it's just, it seems so abundantly clear, like when the relationship, not the deal is the name of the book. And that's like you, that's truly your focus. It's not trying to get more sales or anything like that. You love helping people. I'm psychotically curious, psychotically yeah. curious. And what fills my tank more than anything is, is connecting others, uh, making new relationships happen. Um, and then, and not keeping score. So I always tell my clients and I even tell myself, like have a boomerang mindset, like ser- just serve, serve others, Yeah. send positive out and in the world. And and if it comes back, great. If it doesn't, that's okay. Um, yeah. you know, the thing I, 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 in this new world, I'm, I'm working on being careful about is 
being Casey, not always, you know, sometimes I, I have to, I don't, people sometimes don't want to be coached, which is why I asked the question, you know, John, are you, are you open to me sharing what I think? And sometimes people are like, I didn't, I don't want to get coached. I just want you to listen. And, right. um, so that's one thing I'm, I'm being really present on. Um, cause you know, I've friends saw me work 20 years in corporate and then I was going through this kind of, Hey, what's, what's my identity now? What do I want to do? And where am I going to go? And, you know, as then when you, when you get into this new space about, you know, author and podcaster, it's like, I'm, I'm excited about it, but some people are like, I, I don't want to hear about that right now. You know, so I have to be, I'm trying to be mindful about that and just be, try to be Casey and not Casey, the coach. Cause I think sometimes, you know, I think that that's one thing I'm in this new journey, just focusing on, on that. So. And coaching for us has been so incredibly helpful. And when we started Canterpath in 2018, I think almost the first thing we did was hire a coach. And so someone who can give us that third party outside perspective. I mean, they weren't, he's not coaching us on how to be a good financial advisor. He's coaching us on how to be a good business owner and how to connect with people and how to, how this world is changing constantly. Um, you know, vi video marketing has been a, a big area for us and that in our industry is a dinosaur, right? A lot of things can't be done in the financial industry. And so we really kind of adopted that on the forefront and it, it revolutionized our business, John, I, I guess I would say. And, we, and to this day, we still have coaching calls with our coach, David Assel. And sometimes it's a therapeutic, sometimes it's just therapy. I mean, sometimes he does no talking and John and I basically just talk. And we've said before, the things that we've said are things that we would never say to each other if we're grabbing lunch or having just like a business meeting about our company. We would never say these things. But when, when David's present, it's like, it's like a therapy session. And for us, some of the greatest things about our company have come out during those coaching um, talks. Talk to us about your clients. Talk to us about the coaching practice you have. Um, and what is it you feel is you know, the, the biggest help that you can give to a business owner? Yeah. So I always love telling people how I got into coaching. So I got to give a shout out to him, Andrew Moss, who I'm actually talking to this week, ironically, or serendipitously. Um, he lives in Toronto. He's a coach. And back in 2020, I had people ask me, Hey, do you coach? And I was like, yeah, my kids. And they're like, no, like businesses. And I'm like, well, I'm not really. T-ball? Do you coach right. T-ball? I mean, John is an expert in coaching people. Yeah. Well. I'm going to be John's T-ball coach. To coach. <laughs> uh, I was. We're looking for first and third base coaches. So <laughs> perfect. Accepting resumes now. Good. Make sure I upload it after this call. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I, I remember I called him because people were starting to ask me if I do this. And then I was like, hey, Andrew, I'm not, you know, what do you think I should do? I'm, you know, I, I'm stuck because I'm not certified. I'm not, I'm not a certified coach. And he goes, Casey, can I be honest with you? I said, yeah. He's like, no, I'm going to be really, really honest with you. I said, bro, played college football. I've thrown four picks in the first half, got coached hard. I've been in boardrooms. I've been on the executive. So I can take it. Give it to me. He's like, so what I've heard about you is you've done blah, 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 achieved all these things. I want you to get out of my mother effing face and go help people. Mm. And it was like the biggest punch in the gut face. I was like, I just stared at him. I was like, that hurt my feelings hearing that. Did you see my face when you said that? I was like, geez, that's and, hard. But it was like, why wouldn't? Yeah, dude, I was a 20 year corporate guy. I've, I have stories for days. I have mistakes for years. I have, uh, you know, why? Yeah, go. I wrote a book. That's my coaching. So like, it just freed me to go. And so, um, I, I am ironically, I have a client in my wealth management firm. They hired me 
I don't know anything about wealth management, which is why I hired them, but I know a lot about relationship building. And I would agree with you that the financial space is archaic and um, people aren't taught like pipeline management. Um, people aren't taught to ask deeper questions. Uh, people love telling people what to do, but if, 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 all, if you're always telling me what to do, it's my idea. But if you ask me great questions or realize what pain or problem I have, your idea becomes my idea because I now I'm going to sell myself. Um, I do work in the marketing space, staffing, consulting, real estate, insurance. Um, so very, anything service-based. Um, and if I was to categorize or summarize the four areas I help people, it's I coach on curiosity, uh, humility, vulnerability, and then messaging. Uh, making sure that, uh, and I have a framework that I got taught. It's called TED, which is absolute gold. And people can hopefully take this. Day. It's, it just stands for tell me, explain, describe. It's great parenting advice. You know, I think about like when we, when we ask our kids, so, Hey, Ryder, how was school today, buddy? Great. What'd you do? Oh, not much. Like those are horrendous questions. Why should I expect them to talk? Ryder, tell me the hardest part about your math test that you studied for all weekend. Describe one thing that made you laugh and one thing that made you frustrated today. Now, I call those, those are first level TED questions, but it's that next level when they say, they give you an answer. Ah, oh, tell me more about that. The times when I say, tell me more about that, take a guess, gentlemen, how many times someone said, no, I'm not telling you anything. I don't want to tell you more. Right. Zero. People love talking about themselves. People, if and it's our job to, I feel like it needs for relationship building to be genuinely curious about someone else. Mm -hmm. Describe why that's important to you. Ex explain more about that for me. Right. When you really truly learn and want to learn about people, I find that's what opens the door. So I just, I help companies and leaders, uh, think about, but you know, I love when leaders say, oh yeah, we're very open environment, super vulnerable. I said, great. Tell me the last time in front of the entire company, you've said what you're scared about or a last, a big mistake you've made. Oh, I've not done that. I said, bro, you ain't vulnerable. This is a, that's a yeah. joke. What do you, and they get frustrated. I said, listen, you are what you allow, right? You're, you're, you say these things. It's kind of like, why have corporate, why have, um, these core values and put them on the wall if they mean nothing, mm -hmm. right? It's a joke. I remember my first job, one of my first, sorry, my first time as a leader, like manager, manager, a guy who I was working for me had, uh, he was this company. I was before K force purchases. It was called Paul Kenyon anyway. So they, they ran old school call reports. They don't know how many calls people were making a day. It just drove me nuts. I was like, just the wrong metric. And so we, this guy was quote unquote, pounding the phone, making all these calls, like hundreds of calls, but not selling anything, not getting meetings. I'm like, something's not right. And so I, I finally looked at the call report. I'm like, oh, who's he calling? It was the same number. And he's three seconds each call. Who's just calling, hanging up, calling, hanging up. I mean, to me, I was like, what a joke. And so one of our, uh, one of our core values at Hall Kenyon was integrity. And I said, well, that's massive violation. He already was mm -hmm. kind of not doing well. I said, well, I'm letting him go. And I, he's going to be sort of a gift to hopefully thank me later in life. And I told my boss, I was like, hey, we're, I need to let this guy go. He's like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? Why are you letting him go? Because he violated core values, lied to me. Uh, he's faking calls to make us think he's doing a good job. That's not who I want on this company. We're yeah. letting him go. Well, we, we can't just do that. I said, then why do we have these core values? They mean nothing. Well, yeah, I guess that's a good point. And so we got HR involved, but I, and they ended up supporting me, but I'm like, though that to me is the vulnerable leadership. That's to me, the thing that leaders can, can do. Cause we don't, no matter who you are, 
if you let your most successful people or your worst people, you are what you allow. And so don't be surprised when environments go to junk or, you know, or even back to parenting. We, I, I don't, I can't go out to dinner because my kids are animals. Well, how do you let them act like in the home? Do you let them f get up and down from the dinner table when you're having dinner as a family? Well, what, where, where wonder where they learn that, right? right? Don't allow yeah, them to do it in the house. Our environment. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're so yeah. right. So anyway, you got me on a tear and tangent there. <laughs> well, I like that. And you had said something that I wanted to, to go back to. So this whole, um, these TED questions, uh, I've, I've had numerous conversations and finally I had to ask, cause I've, I had heard that from the Surmeyers. So just so you know, you can tell Patrick this the next time you talk to him, that that is now something that him and Anna, his wife do with their kids because, uh, they're, they're telling me, yeah, we, you know, we were doing, I, they'll, they'll frame certain things and be like, that's a really good Ted question, or that's a good, and I'm like, what are you talking? Like, so I'm actually Googling this acronym. I'm like, are we talking about like a, like, what are we talking about here? And then they said that they got that from you. And that the acronym stands for tell me, explain, and describe. Um, so know that uh, your influence is, is far reaching, my friend. Love you it. Do, you do great work. I love so, it. Well, I yeah, wish I, I didn't. I mean, any great idea, you know, it, it, it's, it, you take someone else's idea and make it your own. So I learned this from a guy named John Kaplan. Um, and he, he, it was just so simple, so simple. Um, and a lot of companies need it, a lot of people need it because it's a great way to interact with people. Um, and it's a, and I, I mean, one of the questions that we, Pat and I were talking that one, one day when we kind of explained this is, uh, just the framework of, you know, I call give you, know, they say give to take to. So tell me two, two things I'm doing as a, as a dad that you like, and tell me two things I can do differently or describe how I can be a better husband this week. Explain how I can be a better dad this week. Like those are questions we might not want to know the answer to, but when we put ourselves out there to be quote unquote coached by our family, you and not only yeah. one, you're going to get better, but two, you're going to show your kids that, Hey, we got gaps. We all got gaps and let's, let's learn together. But I think what I love about that, like that vulnerable question that could come from a coach, like a lot of times, um, I mean, I don't know for me personally, like, I'm not going to necessarily think to maybe challenge myself with that type of question, unless somebody provokes that. And what that's, you know, Matt, going back to what Matt was talking about, where we meet with our coach there, I remember there was a number of months ago, we went on the call. And, uh, David, our coach had, you know, pinged us before, Hey, what are we talking about today? You know, this is like the day before, like, what are we talking about tomorrow? And we're just like, ah, I don't know. We're so busy. We're so busy. And you know, we'll figure it out when we get on the call. And he kind of just laid back and let us, I mean, it gave us an open platform for Matt and I who, you know, and David talks about communication a lot too. Um, and Matt is my work spouse. And so, um, just like our spouse at homes, uh, we need to have open communication and make sure we're always on the same page. And, uh, we are huge believers and we he have an entire, cuddle a lot I, too, so. I need, oh, you got to hold him a lot, a lot of holding. You're You're a feel like I need, it's my, <laughs> yeah. Just him right here. it's my love language. Um, baby Bjorns, but, uh, but you know, so we had this just open opportunity to have a lot of communication with one another. And then finally, after kind of sitting back and listening to us digest our problems and fears and everything. Then David asked us a number of provoking questions and it was these aha moments where we're like, Oh man, like we never thought to look at it that way. We never thought to challenge the status quo that way. Um, and, and sometimes when we really need it, he's like, guys, like you guys can complain all you want to, but like, you got to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and, and get it done. And we need to hear that sometimes too. So I just think there's such power in that. And, 
and this is coming from someone who I think, you know, Matt and I are both like self-motivated, hardworking people. Like, it's not like we're afraid to work hard, but, um, boy, is it helpful to have that, to have that perspective, to have someone else challenge you, uh, you know, and, and anyway, so I just, I wanted to parlay on what you said, cause I think it's really important. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, it's, um, you're right. Not everyone thinks to want to get better. They, some people like, they don't want to be the one to make things happen. They want to watch others, you know, and I think I'm blessed and thankful that I have that growth mindset where I want to, I'm going to find ways to challenge myself. But I think it goes back to shout out to my coaches in college. I don't mean to go to uncle Rico again here on you guys, but like getting coached. I love like, that reference. Yeah. Getting coached, um, in front of 25, 30, my best buddies in college and not just to watch the good plays, but the, the interception six, seven times in a row. I'm like, Oh my God, I've saw it coach Baldwin. Please stop. Casey, why'd you do this? Tell me what, what could you done differently? What was your mindset here? Why, why is the ball on the inside shoulder? Why don't you check out, you know? And so this ability to realize that we all, once you just note that we're not perfect and we're all replaceable, but if we can choose to find ways to get a little bit better each day, it just, it's, it's, it's freeing. Um, versus sometimes a, cur go a curious life, we, optimist. Oh yeah, exactly. Very curious optimist of, um, is that the name of our book, John? Did we just, I mean, uh, Casey's not going to be happy with us if we steal that <laughs> phrase. I don't think, <laughs> but it might be if the name of the podcast. Watch him go on to copyright.com. <laughs> Sorry. Just did it. It's taken. <laughs> Dang it. Trademark <laughs> engine. We'll keep looking. Right. I love it. Curious optimist. You guys will take it. Plural. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, Casey, thanks so much for being on the show, man. It, it's just, it's yeah. Go ahead, Matt. We're yeah, I was going to say, Casey, where where can we find you? Where can we find more information? How do we how do we contact you? Uh, give us a little bit of a plug on uh, on something's upcoming for you. Yeah, I um I also before I forget, I, I want to give a shout out to my my team, my friends at Limitless Minds. Um, I am I also do uh, coaching with them as well. They're a um an up and coming performance mindset. Um, we have a coaching platform. We have, um, they do retreats at Lake, actually near your guys' neck of the woods down Lake Nona, um, yeah. the performance club. So, um, people can learn more about me at, um, at think big, go far, which is the limitless minds site. You also can go to my website, just as caseyjcox.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably the most active place on social media. Um, and then I do a, obviously a ton of work on LinkedIn, but, um, and you can, if you want to check out my book, it's on Amazon. There's. It's print, it's Kindle, it's um, uh, Audible. I actually narrated the book myself, uh, which was a very freeing and fun process. And I, I think when I did that, I was the seventh or eighth time I read the book. And I, I still learn from myself, which is embarrassing to say. Uh, and if I am the author learning from myself, it's more reason that people should go read it if you're in any sort of service <laughs> or customer. And friend. you have six more reviews to go by the end of this year to get to your goal of 100. So anyone listening out there, go out there, buy the book and... Uh, uh, throw over a quick review. That'd be awesome. That would be, yeah, that'd be a great little Christmas present for me. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Casey. Well, again, thank you so much for being on our show. Um, go check out the quarterback dad cast. We love it. And yours truly, I think I'll be on it um, in the coming months, potentially if Casey, after, after this conversation still wants to have us on the show. So. No, it's, well, you and I are going to get deep brother. It's going to be fun. I know. And um, oh, I can't wait to listen to that one. It's going to be, um, by then I might be a T-ball coach. I'll have a whole T-ball. I'll be like, better the, be the Boy, lead commissioner. Not, he's he's going to be, he's going to be grilling you if you're not by that point. So you better get little Ella get her glove and her bat and get the ball rolling. I'm going to go to your site, tball.com and watch your videos. 
Yeah, man. I'm going to be the league commissioner of, of the <laughs> T-ball funny league. When he comes on, he's like, I had like an illustrious T-ball career. This is my Uncle Rico <laughs> moment. Of, I was really into T-ball when I was like 17 years old. He's got like huge uh, following on YouTube and he's just gone big. He leaves yeah. the company. You're now by yourself, Matt. He's, and I'm the one yeah. to blame for it. Yeah, I mean, you I can't get more, to, you can't get more niched industry. down than that. You know, people here always talk about their niche. Like I'm a, I'm a, a T-ball player. That's my, that's my niche, an adult T-ball player. <laughs> All right, Casey. Thanks again, man. It was great having you. That's Be curious, optimist, and uh, appreciate you having on the show. Thanks. See you, man. Yep.